This is the EVP Podcast. It is the EVP Podcast with your host, DBO. I'm Beaker. And Ghosty's here. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you've joined us. Are you excited for another spooky tale? I'm fascinated. Is it spooky? It's interesting. I'm going to be scared. And I'm going to be fascinated. Nice. And I'm going to be horny. Yeah, Discovery Plus, pick us up. Scared, fascinated, and horny. Ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I want to share this story. So I listened to this podcast. In fact, if you guys don't listen to this podcast, The Confessionals, it's a really good podcast. It started off as a Bigfoot podcast. It's turned into everything. Yeah, it's kind of turned into everything. It's pretty cool. I, I enjoy it. They gave us a shout out one time. We put it. On our reels, so you can listen to the shadow. Oh, is that who did that? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, so that's the Confessionals podcast. And this episode was called The Time-Traveling Alien Abduction. This was episode 91 that was released in 2018. We've talked about it. Sh- I shared this with Ghosty, gosh, a couple years, years ago. ago. Yeah, probably after I heard it. And I shared it with you, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, kind of mentioning it here and there. But I don't remember this episode when it was, because there's like... The Confessionals has maybe four or five hundred episodes. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't remember which episode this one was. Well, it somehow got brought to my attention. It was episode 91, if you guys want to listen to the whole interview with the guy named Tony Rodriguez. But we're going to break it down for you. We're going to share the story with you. I want to hear your guys' thoughts about it. No, and share everything. I do want to hear about it. <laughs> you want to hear my thoughts. <laughs> Tony Rodriguez, he also wrote a book that was recently just released February 2022. Is called Series Colony Cavalier. Series spelled as in C E R E S, which is a potential planet near Mars. Series Colony Cavalier by Tony Rodriguez, and and it's spelled with S's, not Z's. If you want to look him up, <laughs> and I just thought it was interesting. What he says is that he did a twenty-year mission for the government. At the moon, in Mars, at 10 years old, he was abducted, did a 20-year mission, returned back to his 10-year-old self. We're going to go into the details. I have found five other people with similar stories. And I, I, I'm going I'm to look into these two, just kind of, I'm, I'm curious of the story. Captain K, Corey Good, Andrew Basario, Randy Kramer... And John Titor or Titor. The second. The second. <laughs> you know that part. So the so these six gentlemen have all claimed to have a, a story where they've worked and done work on Mars and the moon and different things like that. I've heard a lot of different stories about the dark side of the moon, underground bases on other planets. I don't know if you guys have also heard of similar things. I'll show like you this. the dark side of the moon. Please do. Where's it red? <laughs> but it's red down. <laughs> The red side of the moon. <laughs> the ginger side of the moon. The ginger moon. <laughs> the ginger moon. <laughs> so I thought... I, I don't... that funny. It was good. It was a good one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if any of these guys are making this up. They could be. They might not be. Who knows? There's... The shadow. There's things you will we'll never know. <laughs> unless, unless you go. Unless you go. So anyway, I thought, let's retell this story. Our our listeners, our viewers, they can take that information and they can they can decide if they believe it or if they want to look more into it. I find it fascinating whether it's a whether it 
If it really happened, this is super fascinating. If it didn't happen, it's great entertainment like a movie, right? You watch a movie, you know that's not real. It's great entertainment. Let's get into it, then. Either way. You know what? What? So, this reminds me of a comment. You said, we're going to retell this guy's story. Okay. So we retold, I can't remember the guy's name, it was the episode we did with the former Area 51 employee, right? Yeah. Someone on YouTube commented and said, why would we retell that story and do a crappy job of doing it? So here we are again, retelling somebody else's story, but we do, we don't do a crappy job, I don't think, I think we do a pretty decent job. Yeah, we spend a lot of time doing research on this. We do, <laughs> and we did on that one too, like, I, I know there's going to be the haters that yeah. they, don't, they don't believe a story, and if you don't believe it, that's fine. That's okay. We're gonna just—we're telling you what this guy said happened to him. And at the end, I've got questions, right? Because these questions weren't asked to this individual. I've got questions that we'll ask among us. Yeah, I got—I got, I got questions for sure. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you guys have questions that maybe we'll—we'll we'll be able to I get into that. Answers. I hope you do. <laughs> All right. So, a little bit of backstory. I kind of mentioned it. So Tony Rodriguez is a twenty—it's called a twenty and back, right? I guess it's a common phrase, twenty and back. Uh, in 1982 was when he did this. So, at the age of 10 is when he was taken. He just, just remind you of all this. After he came back to his 10-year-old self, he, did, he doesn't remember any of this stuff. Again, he's 10 years old. He goes to sleep, wakes up. It's like a brand new day to him. But in April 2015, Tony started getting some bad headaches. He had an MRI done. Shortly after, memory started coming back to him. Other things that Tony believes in, that he might have been cloned. So, if you think of, like, the sheep, they were cloned. The, the clones never made it, right? They all kind of passed away shortly after. I don't, I don't know the whole story of the cloning of sheep. I remember it happening. Dottie? No, they were they, oh, they, they live now. Okay. I think it was Dottie. <laughs> yeah. Sheep. But he believes that we as humans, we have a spark of life inside of us. Maybe you call it your soul, whatever you want. He calls it a spark. I believe spark in Transformers, they call it the all-spark. The, the all-spark, spark, Yes. They said as long as you had uh, electric connectivity or an electric current, they can use that. Okay, yeah. But he talked about that, like, you're a starfish. Um. <laughs> yeah, and, and he thinks that he, his spark was transferred from his real body, his 10-year-old body, and in, into a clone. Into a vegetable. Right. And in space, this is what's happening on space. Hundreds of ships fly out daily, run errands. And then we turn back in time for dinner. He also claims in after World War II, Germans colonized a small planet near Mars called Ceres. There were underground cities and underground bases. Uh, current or at the time, there's about 250,000 human population there on this planet, along with two other ET species. They all live together. Uh, he also believes that there are, there are sex trafficking rings for the super rich with kids. Uh, kids are being traded as slaves to serve missions on the moon and Mars. He also claims MK Ultra is real. Uh, the U.S. government has access to alien technology. And there are ETs that monitor our time travel. Uh, there's the Reptilians, or the Draco Empire. They have jurisdiction over our solar system and uh, in our time travel. They're monitored. And the Germans made a treaty with them. Also, the, those Reptilians eat people. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's fake. I'm not saying it's real. I'm just telling you the story, and I find it fascinating. So here's what happened in fourth grade. Tony was picked for an advanced learning class. There was another kid picked as well that Tony didn't get along with because the kid was a little bit more 
rich and smart, and it made Tony feel a little inferior. I think they called the class tag, correct? It was like uh, talented and gifted? Yes, mm -hmm. that's exactly right. Tony walked up to a group that were kind of talking. It was that kid and, and a bunch of the girls, and they were saying that the kid could read minds. And they were like, oh, let, read, read, read Tony's mind. And he didn't really, he was a little hesitant, but they kind of coaxed him into it. So he's like, okay. So Tony looked at the kid and thought to himself, you are just so ugly. None of these girls would really like you. This kid just was looking at him, made a face of disgust at Tony, and just was like, I don't, I don't want to do this, and walked away. He just didn't want to read his mind after he did that. And Tony didn't think much about it. Later down the road, the kid's dad was at the school judging a science fair. And that kid walked up to Tony and said that his dad is in the Illuminati, kind of in a bragging way. My dad's in the Illuminati. What does your dad do? He's like, well, my dad works at GM <laughs> or something like that. Well, and keep in mind, like, he's in fourth grade. Yeah, he's fourth he's grade. Like, what, 10 years mm -hmm. old. He doesn't he's know what the hell the Illuminati yeah, was. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. My, my dad is a mechanic. Right. But he didn't like how, how the kid was like so braggadocious. Again, Tony didn't like this kid, okay? He didn't like how he was so like, braggadocious about it. My dad's in the Illuminati. Um, then later, the kid pointed out Tony to his dad and said, Hey, Dad, that's the one that ruined my confidence. The kid and his dad started talking in a way that Tony didn't even understand. Uh, but then the kid told his dad, Well, he doesn't deserve that. And then his dad replied, You need to manage your resources. So, Weird. Weird kind of little conversation. That night, or maybe a few nights later, you can't really remember exactly when it happened, but it could have been that night or maybe within a couple nights. Um, a gray, right, those are the gray the aliens. aliens. They came into Tony's room. At first, it kind of woke Tony up. He thought it was his dad wearing a mask. So he reached up to grab the mask, but then he noticed that the, the mask was really the face of a gray. It felt cold, wet, and porous. That's how he just, just explained it. Um... Tony started to screech, but then but then became frozen. So there's a gray over him. Then he saw two reptilians in the room with hoods on. There was a flash of light. And then Tony woke up in a lab. And this is what kind of abduction kind of takes place. So when he was in this lab, uh, they were communicating telepathically. Mm -hmm. So um, they were telling him that they were going to borrow his consciousness for the next 20 years. And that... He should feel lucky that he's going to get an extra 20 years to live. And that's kind of cool. <clears throat> yeah, so they're telling him all about how cool this is going to be and that 20 years is the max. Can't go beyond that because after 20 years, people seem to go insane. So they've, <laughs> they've tried this. Um, well, anyways, he thought there was an, an alien invasion going to happen because of this. And he was excited because he's like, I knew you guys were real. I knew it. I... So he's all ecstatic about these guys actually being in his face, and he's witnessing this. Um, but then he's also saying that he doesn't want to leave his parents because he can't grow up without his parents. So they tell him that they're going to return him like as if it, only a few minutes had passed. So he'll be the same age when he gets back. Um, he won't even remember it, and it'll be like, um, like it just another day. So he decides, you know, that's going to be pretty cool. And they strapped him down and inserted a needle into him. Um, when he woke up, he was in uh, the hospital with a human doctor and a nurse giving him a checkup, and there was about a dozen other kids who were going through a trauma-based mind manipulation program similar to the MK Ultra program. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to bring out the psychic abilities out of these kids. 
And when they were doing that, they were giving them uh, like sleep deprivation and then putting alarms on so they couldn't actually get good sleep. They were like every hour doing this to keep them psychotic, I guess. I don't know. Um, they were also being drugged, given psychedelics and hallucinogenics, and they were forced to watch violent movies, Disney movies, videos of animal torture, and it was just like constant, over and over and over again. And then um, one of the times, they purposely dislocated Tony's arm. And, the shoulder. Yeah, and was forced to just sit there in pain and watch more of these movies. And he... They didn't, I don't think he even said why they did that. They just did it just to see his reaction to stuff. Probably. And then after this went on for so long, he ended up getting sold off. And he he remembers this later, but he first gets sold to this place in Seattle and then gets sold to Peru. But we'll get back to Seattle in a second. So when he's in Peru, he was helping smuggle drugs to Colombia. And they were also doing this mind manipulation stuff to him while he was doing that. And he would black out. And when he would be blacked out and he'd come back, they would tell him all, all these fantastic things he was doing. He was speaking other languages fluently. Oh, yeah. He was talking to deceased relatives of people and giving them answers to things that they needed. Yeah, so he didn't know any Spanish at all. No. And they said when he had these blackouts, because he had like a, a person that was assigned to him. That translated for him, but when he had these blackouts, he spoke Spanish perfectly. Yeah, right. blackouts because because they drugged him. And then when he'd wake up, he would be sick. Like he was sick up until the point when he would recover. They'd have him do it again. And then um, after he hit puberty, it was like his abilities were going away, and he wasn't as sharp or as quick, or things wouldn't connect as good. So they sold him back to the original buyers of him in Seattle. And those people were a satanic worshipping... Well, this guy, he was a satanic worshipping billionaire. And so he was there, again, from the ages of 13 to 16. And the boys would be in one area and girls in another. And it was more like an orphanage. And every morning they had to take a couple pills. And they would play board games. They'd go swimming. But uh, a few times out of the year, they would throw these big shindigs. And these kids would come out as sex slaves. And they would do these satanic worshipping rituals and all this crazy stuff. Um, and one of the times he talked about, they ended up sacrificing one of these kids. And they were drinking his blood and passing around this goblet of his blood. And they were also cutting off pieces of flesh and forcing people to eat them. And when he gave it, tried to give it to Tony and he wasn't trying to do it, they told him, well, you can be up there next, or, you know, that can be you, you know, just, you better do it. So he ends up doing it. And, uh, like, they ended up trying to do this ritual to get this thing to walk out of the fire. So they, they were asking Tony, do you want to learn your new name? Like, they were trying to give him a new name. Mm -hmm. And they're having him, like, putting his face to the fire. And he said he was seeing this thing walking out of it. But it didn't actually come out and it didn't finish. Like it didn't, the ritual didn't complete. Uh -huh. And the, the billionaire was just trying to like, oh, probably this, it's probably that. It's probably, you know, just kind of come up with excuses. And uh, it just, I don't think anything went from there. Like they didn't do it again. No, so I think what they kept telling him he wasn't like, at first because they wouldn't take the new name. They were saying he wasn't strong enough to withstand the heat of the fire and, and that. They kept pushing his face towards it. 
And then he said he finally like said, "Okay, I'll take the name." He doesn't remember the name was because he really didn't care. He wasn't. He didn't ever he, use it. He didn't want the name, but I guess once he accepted the new name, that the fire wasn't like hot for him anymore, and they're like, "See, now you're strong enough to withstand the fire." And then, so those couple pills that they would take every day, um, they were switched out, and it was making him sick. So he asked if he could take the old ones again. Um, but then they kept threatening him that they were going to send him to the military. They're like, how about you just shut up or we'll send you to the military? <laughs> they're, they're, he said the whole time though, that was always a big threat. Like, they will send you to the military. If you don't do this, you're going to the military. And then he said just one day he was on an errand, and while he was on the errand, two guys just grabbed him, pulled him into a van, gave him a shot in the arm, and he woke up on the moon. The moon? The moon. That big cheesy thing in the sky. <laughs> the green cheese. Mm-hmm. Is the so, moon even real? No. But I'll tell you what the moon doesn't do. Give off light. No, it doesn't. It reflects it, though. <laughs> Adrian reflects a lot of light. That's a rock. So on the moon, there's the dark side. Everybody knows about the dark side of the moon. If you don't, it's the side of the moon we can't see because of the rotation of the moon around the Earth. Science. Um, <laughs> on the dark side of the moon is where uh, Leonard Nimoy... <laughs> hid the pillars for the transformer to bring Cybertron to the Earth. What? But not really. Okay. So actually, on the dark side of the moon, according to Tony, there is a military base uh, with military personnel guarding and working at the base. I uh, said so when he arrived at the base, he and others entered an arena. There was a crowd in the stands watching them, like in a gladiator pit, kind of like the Coliseum, I guess. Yeah. Um. At the other end of the arena, doors opened up, and there was this giant 400-pound spider that they released. And I probably would have died, because I don't like spiders. <laughs> you just lay on the ground. <laughs> fetal position. Like it's, you, you treat giant spiders like bears, right? You just grow <laughs> right, up in the fetal right. position and hope they don't eat you. So, yep. Yeah, I don't know what I would have done if I saw a 400-pound spider. I'm just like, I would have peaced out. I would have unalived myself. I'm just like, I don't want any part of this. Oh, that would be scary. So in comes this giant spider, right? When the kids were given these canisters, and they were told it would explode them and anything near them. Uh, the crowd was yelling at the kids and, and jeering them on, yelling because they were like, you're all going to die. Like they, Spider's going to get you. Yeah, they were rooting for the spider. <laughs> Screw these kids. Right. We want the spider to but win. But it's like kind of the gladiator theme, right? Because like, wouldn't they be with tigers or lions? And the crowd would kind of cheer on the lions they and want, tigers. They so, want chaos. Yeah. yeah. Russell Crowe showed up. <laughs> He fought the giant spider. And no, actually, so, so the crowd wanted the, these kids to die. Um, <laughs> so one of the kids, I guess, tucked the canister under his arm like a football and ran right at the spider. He crawled up its leg uh, towards the head of the spider and he detonated his canister, uh, blowing up the spider's head. And he blew his own body in half. And, Kamikaze style. Yes. Uh, I guess the kids left the arena, and they were told they did a great job. Good job, kids. Pat on the back. Here's some candy. Uh, the doctors also told them that the kid actually survived. The kid that blew himself up actually survived this, and uh, even though Tony never saw him again. Uh, and the next day, they were on Mars. So this is where he talked about the spark. The, the spark uh, as long as there's some kind of electromagnetic activity going on in your brain, um, even if it's just your head, as long as there's some electricity still going on in your brain, that the aliens could regrow your entire body. There's a part where that kid survives. Yeah, so 
I, I guess they got his body, or at least the torso half, uh, in time while it still had some energetic spark in it, and they were able to... I wonder if they just have, like, a generic bodies just ready to go, and then just depending on what color they are, they just inject some melanin and... <laughs> it's like Futurama, where they have all the heads in the jars. Yeah. They just, they just, just put them on the <laughs> That's how Richard Nixon became the president again. Um, so, they, he, he's on Mars now, right. after, after this gladiator event with the giant spider... I probably, you know, I might have been like this kid. I would have ran up like that, bitch. <laughs> I just don't no spiders. I would have cried. If it was a splash. You'd be like, it was a splash. I'd be like, hey. like dad, <laughs> cousin, cousin. I'm only part splash. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he wakes up on Mars, and when he gets there, he's um, him and some others. They were seated in a wide triangular transport ship heading from the moon to Mars. Okay. Um, however, they, they had to sit in orbit for about two hours because of some incident happening. Something happened on Mars, so they weren't able to land right away. The ship turned off the zero gravity, and a lot of the kids were enjoying floating around the ship. Like, I've, that's I mean, something, I'd be able to I, yeah. I, I would love to do that sometime. Like, they have those, like, simulations. Right, right. Least, I know they have the zero gravity training for astronauts. Like, uh -huh. I think that would be fun to just, like... Because I'm fat, I'd be able to <laughs> without water. How quick I am now! Like, yeah, come get me. But um, in this like this part, he mentions how he was scared and he stayed buckled in. Yes. And that part made it seem very like a real thought. You know what I mean? That was such a real having a fear, having a fear of that, and throwing that in. You know what I mean? That I, don't know, I just thought that that was like. Uh, a, a key moment in his story well, that he talks about things when he mentions things like that. Well, bigger going because he had a better <laughs> feeling. Well, he said this well. was his biggest regret of not enjoying floating in space in zero gravity. Like he never, feeling. He mm. never had the opportunity to do it again. It was like a yeah. once, once thing here. He said they did like less gravity sometimes, but that was the only time it was zero. Yeah. So finally, I guess the incident got cleaned up. You know, the incident management vehicle. They did their job. They cleaned up the mess, <laughs> and they got to land. Uh, they went to some underground base. Now, on this base, there was U.S. Marines working there, and Tony and some of the other kids would go out with the soldiers and do these missions. Okay. Now, the soldiers they wore like camouflage armor, like heavy duty stuff, and the kids wore this like white environmental suit, and they I guess they had some guns. And he was saying, like, these environmental suits were probably, like, the most comfortable piece of clothing he's ever worn yeah. in his entire life. Um, I want to get my hands on some of this, because <laughs> I would love some really comfortable clothes, you know, Me too. to, like, hang out in. I said that the him and the kids, they were they were used as bait, is what uh, he came to the conclusion. Um, so, on one of the missions they went, were going out to, there was this really bad storm that came through and kind of separated the group. Uh, from the soldiers and three kids went in one direction, and Tony and the Two of the kids stayed on course. Now, they were given this map, and they were told, you know, like, by the their overlords, the, the aliens <laughs> or whatever, like, hey, stay where we can see you, right? And part of the group, some of the kids were like, no, we should go this way, and Tony and his the people he ended up with were like, no. Yeah, so, we, so we should, some of us should go so the soldiers can see us, and then Tony and the group were like, no, we should stay on the course. We, yeah, we should stay on the course. The we map. should go where the map tells us to go, so... Um, off the other group went, he kept following the path like they were supposed to. Um, uh, and then, let's see, 
the, then all of a sudden these, these bugs started chasing them. There were large spiders like the one on the moon. It made it sound like it wasn't as big as that one. Like that one on the moon was like a really big 400 pound. Well, it was the gladiator yeah. spider. Yeah, it was the gladiator spider. Was, the that, Hulk that spider. That one was Andre the Giant. <laughs> that um, was the Hulk spider. These ones are like Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> if you follow wrestling at all. Um, so, like little spiders in them. Some that looked like... Um, Beetles? Yeah, like little beetles. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, they're on Mars. They're running, which, I mean, it's probably no gravity, so they were more likely, like, kind of hopping. Uh, at one point, Tony, he fell down, and the other two kind of passed him. And he got up and tried to shoot at one of the smaller beetles, but he missed. Uh, about that time, one of the spiders came up and bit Tony's arm off and stood on top of him. And... Um, he started, uh, so he, he said, while this was going on, while this, this spider was standing on top of him, he could hear the other two kids being ripped apart. Like he could hear their crunching. Yeah. He could hear the bones crunching, the flesh tearing, all of that. So he started to panic, and, because he was losing a lot of blood at this point, uh, because, you know, he's missing an arm. Yeah. Now, I guess they, in, in part of their suit, they were each given, like, this auto tourniquet, uh, like it was a one-time use thing. It was it's supposed to like, you know, you kind of put it on the area and it kind of knew what to do to stop the bleeding. And he was wanting this for his one arm, and he wasn't able to get it right away. And then the soldiers in their armor built in was like was also like trinket type of. Yeah, the soldiers had the really good stuff. Yeah. You know, the kids were like, you know, you're screwed. Sorry. And because because <laughs> because of the like less gravity, their armor could be loaded with a whole bunch of. Stuff and they could move easily because they weren't weighed down by them, the soldiers. So you know, this is what his thought is: he's like, I, I need to get this tourniquet. Uh, th- this point, the spider had picked him up, and there was this mantis-type bug that came up, and but it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he's had a little crush on it. Yeah, you know, like, God, this is beautiful. the most beautiful, prettiest bug I've ever I seen. I want to have your babies. You touch your antenna. <laughs> so that's what happened. The antenna touched him in the mind. And it started, like, reviewing all of his memories. It started going through his head and, like, just replaying, like, everything. And uh, he said the madness and him, they were talking to each other kind of like in a dream state. And Tony started begging for his life. Uh, the man just looked over the beetle and said something in the alien language. He didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the beetle just kind of like bit his foot off. I mean, he didn't kill him, so that's, you know. Yeah, the, it almost seemed like the beetle asked the mantis, so can I just take a foot at least? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, go ahead. I'm pretty sure right, I've seen that in a movie. <laughs> oh, like, um, I was just watching Lord of the Rings when they, they want to kill the hobbits. I'm like, we can take their legs. They don't need those. <laughs> oh, um, when they're trying to eat them. Yeah, yeah two towers. Uh, so, yeah, the beetle bites his foot off, and at this point, he's like, he's in a lot of pain because now he's missing a foot and, and an, an arm. arm. Yeah. And I guess they, they just let him go. He's able to crawl over to his two dead friends and grab their tourniquets and patch up his foot and his arm. Uh, and the, the soldiers ended up finding Tony, and they helped him get back to the base. Uh, when he finally woke up, uh, I don't know how many days later it was. But they were, they were trying to keep him awake because he was passing out. Oh, they were trying to keep him awake. Yeah. Uh, they would slap him, and they would talk to him, and they told him to watch for the purple sunset. You can see this really cool purple sunset. Now, when they arrived at the base, uh, that's when they let Tony pass out. Uh, he woke up. Uh, like I said, I don't know how much later it was yeah. when he woke up. He didn't really say. But his arms and feet had been repaired. 
Everything was there. Nothing was missing. Uh, they asked Tony what the bugs had said to him. He replied with, uh, the bugs kept telling him, like, hey, we're not that stupid. Like, we know what you guys are doing. So he knew that they were sending the kids out as bait to draw the bugs out so the soldiers could, like, annihilate them. And so after that, they stopped doing that. Because they're like, oh, the bugs are onto us. <laughs> they know what we're up to. And then he stayed on the base for about four to six more weeks. Yeah, at, at this point, then, he ends up going back to that series colony, that other planet near Mars. Uh, so he tra- he was transferred there, and he, he worked on spaceships for about six to eight years. He was working on spaceships, and he, he hated it. He, he said it felt like Groundhog Day. Every day was the same. He hated it. Um, again, this is the same planet that the Germans inhabited after World War II, and that they share this planet with two other alien species. Uh, then eventually Tony started running uh, cargo to Diego Garcia. I was trying to look at this up. He, he just mentioned Diego Garcia like it was supposed to be like a known thing. So I looked it up. I think, looking it up, I think this is a Navy moving company for the Navy. So I don't know if you mentioned it, but like on Mars, I believe is US, the U.S. Marines was working there, he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they're running cargo for possibly a Navy for the Navy, Diego Garcia. Uh, Tony said that they, they would make trades with alien races. So they were making trades. The aliens would want things that we would make here on Earth. So things like aspirin and coffee were like big commodities. So that aliens. coffee was like a drug to them. Yeah, so it was like a drug to them. I mean, it's like a drug here to people too. Though. People are addicted to it. <laughs> yeah. With the caffeine. So, <laughs> so they wanted like our aspirin and coffee and we wanted their tech. We were like, give us some of that technology, yo. Um, aspirin and coffee isn't that what you take after a hangover when you wake up with a hangover you take aspirin, aspirin and coffee, coffee? I, don't know. I, I don't know I don't know about that well, it I makes us feel better but to them it makes them feel like I remember extra growing better. up like that's how you cured a hangover it was like a cold shower mm-hmm. aspirin and coffee Gatorade and smothered burritos were the thing for me in the 80s laying <laughs> in bed for like, 8 hours throwing up I, I remember that in the 80s and 90s like they tell you like oh take a cold shower I don't know why I learned this in elementary school, like how to fix a hangover. But 80s movies. 80s movies, probably. It was a cold shower, coffee, and aspirin. That was mm. the, the cure for a hangover. That's I remember that growing up, like watching that on TV or something. <laughs> I knew as a kid, I remember my cousins giving me some random nasty stuff. Here, this will help, and it just made me throw up more. <laughs> That's hilarious. But you <laughs> drink? I didn't drink as a kid. I just remember seeing this stuff. Mm. This guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so... At this series colony, Tony said, and again, this was like 20 years ago that he was there. Um, while he was there, there was a lot of construction happening. And, like, there were buildings and all sorts of stuff happening on this planet that is near Mars. So, that, again, that was like 20 years ago. He's, he's very curious what it's like today. Because if, if it was that advanced 20 years ago, he, he thinks probably today it's, it's pretty, pretty advanced now. Well, this point would be like 22 years ago. So, he said that... For them, it was actually more like, for like Earth time, it would be like 20 years, right? But it was more like 18 years. He said something about them being able to squeeze like 36 hours into like a 24-hour day. Probably the size of the planet turning. Time zones, you know? Yeah, the time zones. The time zones. zones. So he said it was more like 18 years, like our time, but like 20 years. So their days are probably just a little longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I said, it was about a 36-hour day into a 24-hour day. Earth thing. 24 hour time, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tony did his 20 years. He returned back home to his 10-year-old self. 
During the 20 years he was out, he did not remember his family at all. It, it was at one point with the mantis that was kind of going through his memories and the kind of found his bedroom in his old house. Where he was like, this, this is who you really are. Um, but for the, for the most majority of the time, he did not remember his family or anything like that. Um, once for, when he got home, he didn't remember his 20 year stint until he got that MRI because of, because he started getting headaches. So I don't know where the, the stemming of the headaches came in. Where are we at now in the time marker roughly? 33. So this was a two hour episode. So that's kind of what we're doing this also. It's like, we're taking this two hour interview and we just condense it down to 30 minutes for you. Okay. So you're welcome. And it wasn't also in chronological order when he told the story on the interview. So I just put it in order in our notes. Also, you're, th you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's welcome. That's why the, that guy's asking why we're doing that. We're going to make it easier for you. So that two hour interview, we put in 30 minutes. Now let's talk about it a little bit. Okay. <coughs> Here we go. So. What are your questions? Okay. I mean, well, what, do, what do you want to start? Do you want to start with questions? Well, let me Maybe ask this question. Okay. This, is kind of, this is the one that was really bothering me. Okay. Okay, so if he leaves and goes somewhere for 20 years, uh -huh. and then they bring him back at the same moment he was taken, right? the 20 years that he just spent, did that get erased by him coming back? Wait, say it again. Okay, you leave a certain point of time. Okay. You ten, live... Let's just use him. 10 years old. 10 years old. You spend 20 years, so now you're 30, uh -huh. but then you come back to 10 years old. Right. Your 10-year-old self. So the last 20 years that just happened, did that just get eliminated? All the work you just did, because now you're back in time to your 10-year-old self. Clearly, you've never watched Back to the Future. <laughs> well, they, this is, they, he, remember, he does say they have abilities for time travel. So the abilities so meaning that everything person, that has happened, that everything you did, is still done. I, I would imagine. Well, and I think what he was saying was it's possible that they took his consciousness just as consciousness and put it into like a clone yeah so that's and one then, of my questions here too so is it just his consciousness that's what he that's made gone. it sound like yeah even though even though he said that at the very beginning but then he tells this whole story so i think you kind of forget about because you forget about it my yeah. thing is like so I, I just don't know like i mean time travel is kind of a, a finicky thing i guess i'm still I guess, myself. I guess with CERN, like, even with the whole the galactic collider thing, I don't know what the hell it's called, um, but they're saying that in the near future, time travel will most likely be possible. So if you've got tech from another life form, from another planet somewhere else, that's obviously farther advanced than we are here on Earth, it's entirely possible that time travel exists. And we don't understand the full mechanics of time travel, because, like, we don't have it yet. Right. And Tony Stark was just telling us before he died. And <laughs> yeah, and all the information he just said, him. I am Iron Man. And that was the end of time travel. Because he you have still to have, did say that. You have to have a wristwatch that brings it back. <laughs> the time traveling does get police, like super duper police By force. the reptilians. Yeah, so a lot, it sounds like anybody that is doing any time travel is under watch or whatever. Right, and that brings up a question as well, right? So we have treaties with extraterrestrials, our government does. If we have the U.S. Marines working on Mars, if we have the Navy running cargo for alien species, you know, and there's Germans, it's interesting. Well, we all know Germans helped us get to the moon. 
We talked about that <laughs> in a previous episode. Um, and I'm not just making that up. Like, yeah. Operation Paperclip was a thing they brought over some like 4,500 German engineers and scientists, uh, Nazis. Right, like right. Werner von Braun, we talked about how mm-hmm. terrible Nazi he was, but he was the head of the NASA program that got us to the moon. So I don't know where I'm going with that, but that um, Germans, man. Yeah, Germans. <laughs> it's I mean, it's, <coughs> it's possible what we were talking about happened. Time travel and stuff. So what do you think? Treaties with aliens. I think this is a very fantastic story. Um, and I think it's 100% bullshit. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I not why, saying, why do you say that, though? I just... I, so, as I'm listening to this guy's story, mm-hmm. he starts off telling the story saying that he was a crewman on an alien spaceship for 20 years. But at no point in time does he really actually talk about his time as a, like an engineer on a spaceship. He mentions it here and there. But he never actually, like... It's a very brief thing. Maybe it's in the book. Maybe it is in the book. And at the time of this interview, he was kicking around the idea of the book. Because like we said, this interview was 2018. The book just came out at the beginning of this year. Right. Mm-hmm. 2022. Um, uh, as I was reading, and, and so I looked up his book on Amazon. And I have to admit, like there's, there's something like 536 reviews on his book. He's got a 4.8 out of 5 starter. Uh, I only found three one-star reviews. Eighty-nine uh, percent of the reviews were five stars, and I think the other, like another twelve percent were four stars. So you're looking at over ninety percent of the reviews were four or five stars. Okay. Um, very few negative. And <coughs> one of the comments, uh, one of the one-star reviews, talked about how it seemed like. And before I even read this, I was thinking the same thing. That it just seems like they took like Star Trek, Star Wars. Um, Space Invaders, uh, Stargate, Firefly, like all these sci-fi movies, and just kind of threw it into a blender, and this is what came out. And as he was talking about his experience on Mars with the bugs and like that, I was like, this is exactly like the plot of Starship Troopers with Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards. I think this is to me what it seemed like is he took all of these popular like sci-fi films. He took some aspects of different religions and it's like, this happened to me. Except he put a twist on that because he mentions Hollywood lies to you and makes it seem like space travel takes forever and that you're going from one galaxy to another and you're in the spaceship for a long time. But he's like, no, we made multiple stops in multiple galaxies in and Rome was home by dinner. Well, we all know Hollywood lies to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's but, just funny that he mentions that when... <laughs> But and he talk he does talk about like the wealthy the you know the trafficking and all that the human trafficking, which I mean unless you've been living under a rock you're fully aware of the fact that like that is a thing that happens like, um, Aston Kutcher and his wife Mila Kunis like they have a uh, I want to say an organization or charity that's actually trying to actively stop human trafficking. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I mean he touched on a lot of stuff that is. A lot of conspiracy theories, not that human trafficking is conspiracy theory, that, that is real, but he's touched a lot on like popular science fiction and popular conspiracy theories and threw it all into this one like fantastic story and then this happened to me. Now, I haven't heard all the stories, but what, what do you think about five other gentlemen saying similar stories that we did 20 and back? That I don't know. Like I would, I haven't researched those people, so I don't know. Um, one person did say that 
the, his book was very similar to the, uh, was it, John Titus? Tidor. Tidor. Tidor, the second. Um, that gentleman actually wrote a book in 2016. So um, it came out about a year and a half after, because he said May 2015 was when he had the headaches, had the MRI. Yeah. So this other guy's book came out in uh, August 28th of 2016. So about a year and a half later. And I don't know if you know anything about books. It's not an easygoing process. Like he said, he was kicking around the idea of writing a book in 2018. It was released four years later. Tony, right. So this other dude most likely came out with his story way before Tony started having headaches. And it, uh, it just seems like kind of convenient to me. It's just like, oh, this, this guy has this happening to him. You know, he says this happened to him. I like that. I want that to happen to me too. I don't know. Like I don't. I've never met the guy, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But it just seems to me that he just took like all the best parts of like sci-fi movies and religion, like the best and scary parts, and just threw it all into one big story. Not like I don't. I don't know whether or not it happened because I wasn't there. I can't say for sure. But that's, right, and that's what it seems like to me. Being that it's based off of memories and things like that. Like, some of the thoughts that was going through my head when he was telling these things was that, was he just having, like, reoccurring dreams? And it was, like, adding on to those dreams at different nights. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so when it did come back to him, it did feel like a memory because he dreamt those so many times. Just didn't remember it, maybe. Or what if, you know, if they did make a clone of him and they took, you know, some of his consciousness and put it into another body... What if those consciousness somehow connected, and that's where he's getting those memories? But that's that actually might be possible because, like, our subconscious minds, like, if you believe in reincarnation, which I think we all said we did on our reincarnating mm-hmm. kids episode, um, your subconsciousness retains information from your previous lives. So, it could be possible that instead of this being like some twenty-year time travel. Uh, alien abduction that he had maybe it's just him remembering like a past life or something or his his consciousness in that other body came to the same moment in time that he was existing in and that's how their connections happened well and that's that's the thing too they were sharing the same space and time i've heard (laughs) i've heard of stuff like that happening as well so i mean that's that's possible it's within the realm of possibility in my opinion but it is it is very fantastical to try to fathom that this is going on and, and happening, you know. But if it is, holy shit, that's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, if you said if, if he's connecting with a past life or with a with a consciousness of of something else, you know, kind of mixing, you know, the idea that space travel is happening constantly, even here on Earth, even though maybe we don't know about it, that's interesting. We're making trades with aliens species. That's pretty pretty nuts to think about. I mean, there's a lot of UFO enthusiasts who mention that in different aspects, that the government is working with alien intelligence. Well, and I think we covered that on our Men in Black mm-hmm. episode. Right. Like, there's they're, other... in, they're in these underground yeah. places. You know, going, going back to the story, Mars and the moon having underground cities, underground bases, or this series planet. Well, I don't know, but I don't know if series is underground. That might be on, on the surface, but... Let's just do moon and moon and Mars. Do you guys think there's underground bases there? No. You don't think so? I mean, with how many years the Mars rover's been on Mars, you think it might have found something by now of that effect? 
Or is there really a Mars rover at all? No, I'm pretty sure there's a Mars rover. Is there? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was the moon landing fake? <laughs> um, we should have an episode about that. Find out. We should do that. <laughs> oh, no, I think there is a Mars rover. I think that's legit. I mean, that's going around. You think it might have found something. Uh, I think at one point, they, this, Tony mentioned something about, like, the upwards of, like, 10 million people living on the moon now, uh, with, uh, living alongside with aliens. And if that's the case, like, and our government's fully aware of this, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One thing I have, have to question, if, if this all did actually happen to him, where most of these stories, like these really popular ones, like even Betty and Barney Hill said, and I think even Travis Walton, like the two that I said I believe the most when it comes to alien abductions, even both of them mentioned something about the Men in Black visiting them. Right. Where's his encounter with the Men in Black? Why, like, if this fantastical story actually happened to him, why would the Men in Black kind of, like, kind of gloss over this one and be like, yeah, no, let's let him tell the story. Well, go so, see you. You me yeah, so just based off what you were saying, um, I watched, I was looking for other interviews with this guy, and I couldn't find anything on YouTube besides one video, and this one video didn't even have his name in it. It just had the name of his book. And when I was watching that, it was this guy interviewing him, and the guy, um, he was mentioning how, like, he's all, this is the first book I've actually, like, picked up and, and wanted no. to. No one has their IDs. What are you doing, what are you doing over here? You want to play on TikTok right now? No, I opened YouTube. <laughs> so. I didn't know I was going to start playing a video. God, now I'm so lost. Where am I? Where We're am talking I? talking about the interview. The interview uh, on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, he's uh, talking to this guy, and the guy's talking about his book and how this is the first book he's been able to not put down. And then, then Tony starts mentioning how he's done about two hundred and fifty something interviews, and none of like none of them you can find online anywhere. He's like, you can't find any of them besides the one with uh, the confessionals, and then this one that I found. Like those were the only things I could find. And he says he's done over two hundred and fifty interviews. Everything's been out there on the, on the podcast. about he he goes and speaks at like conventions, and it seems like the only things out there of his story are things that don't have his name on it. Because hmm. the Confessionals podcast, it doesn't have his name, it just says the title of what it is and then a description of it. But And then same with that uh, that other one that I saw on YouTube. It didn't have his name in it. Really. I mean, it probably mentions it somewhere because I was able to pull it up off his name. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was really strange because, yeah, he mentions that and, cause, and I was looking, so I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you would think if he goes to these conventions, someone would pull out their phone and record parts of it, you know. Just yeah, so it almost it. seems like, is his stuff getting erased? Are they yeah. erasing, like, anything tied to him? Very strange. Right, right, right. And he also said that why he remembers it, he thinks, is because he, there were things that he wanted to remember. For example, like the, like the feelings of being out in, in space where he was scared. Who stopped our audio? I don't know. Did we did lose everything? Or I did... don't. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Is the government out, want us talking about this? Yeah, did the government just stop us? Yeah. Because that was weird. How would they even know? <laughs> exactly. How would We're they the know? EVP podcast. Hello, Beaker. They're recording us. <laughs> this house is bugged. <laughs> We're the world's famous EVP podcast. So there's a little, just to catch people up. Because we might, I don't know how much of this we're going to put in, but if you notice, uh, the audio quality on this episode is not very good. 
Um, it's because like halfway through we were talking about how no one Tony you can't find anything about Tony. Like as, when you pull up his name, you can't find any of his interviews or anything online. And as we're talking about that, um, our computer that we record to had some kind of glitch, and we might have lost all of our audio. We're not sure yet. Which we've recorded um, eighty something episodes on, no issues. Never had that before. No, something strange, something really strange just happened. So, I think it's interesting that as we're talking about, you can't find this guy anywhere. Uh, we might have lost our audio. So, if if it is at this point when you're listening to the show and it's not the the good quality audio we normally have, we apologize. The government's out to get us. Well, maybe we should stop this before they get that one too. <laughs> So, but it is it is weird. Like I just kind of looking up right now. Yeah, it's I can only find the one. I told you. And so it, let me ask you guys this question. Hurry. Why? Because <laughs> what if it shuts us down? Not no. shut us down. <laughs> going back to the original story, or like the the backstory. I mean, the kid and his dad, the Illuminati. Did his dad, this kid's dad, set this all up? Did he set this up? Because he, he, you know, he's talking to his kid in another language or something like that. Tony doesn't understand, and then all of a sudden the kid goes, "We can't do that to him. You got to use your resources, man. What resources? Does the Illuminati? Does the Illuminati have ties to these type of things? Are they in ties with with Seattle billionaires that have sex slave? Well, according parties? to Jim Carrey, yes, they do. So, you know, I mean, it makes me wonder, like, going back to, to the original backstory, because Tony feels something has to do with this, and he doesn't touch about it during the interview, but he kind of feel, I, he brings it up for a reason, I think. Can we talk about the mind reading? With the no. mantis? With the kid. Oh, oh the kid, the like, mind. got this disgusted look on his face, and he's like, he kind of makes it sound like he thinks the kid actually read his mind. Right. I'm, saying. I'm thinking maybe the kid just really couldn't read minds and was pissed that, like, he couldn't fool the girls anymore. Like, because I'm sure he was probably doing something that was just like easy, like sleight of hand magic that was tricking the girls. Yeah, I mean, this and is then he knew he couldn't pull it over on Tony. They're the ten years old. Yeah, so yeah maybe he knew some magic tricks. They're ten year old fourth grader. I didn't really care much about that part of the story. But the but the part that he goes up, hey, my my dad's Illuminati. And then, hey, dad, he ruined my confidence. They speak in and think. That's what understand. started the whole feud. This is why. He exposed him to the girl that he couldn't actually read minds. So oh, he wants revenge oh. on Tony. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's why he brought the Illuminati. Yep. And his dad made threats to yep. Tony. He wanted to take the He wanted his Illuminati father to punish him for proving that he couldn't read minds. Okay. This okay. is how the story starts. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I do wonder, and I don't know a ton about the Illuminati. But I don't either. I I do wonder if this kid's dad might have started this whole thing. Like, all right, hey, this kid messed with my kid, and okay, now you're going to space. Or you got to do something about it. Well, I mean, actually, Seattle and then Peru and then space, or back to Seattle and then space. I mean, Tony said, and I don't know if you mentioned this during this, but when Tony wasn't the only kid at these places, there was. I know you mentioned there was boys on one side and girls on the other side of the Seattle billionaire mansion, and he was the only one that survived the attack on Mars. But. But there was many, there's kids, there's dozens of kids everywhere he went. In Peru, he wasn't the only one. In Seattle, he wasn't the only one. 
on the moon, on Mars. He wasn't the only one. He, there's there's many kids. It makes me you know makes you wonder. Are these are these all kids? Are all these kids? It's their consciousness and their clones as well. There's a, there's a lot to unravel. Like the whole clone process and outer space stuff. It's it's again this is fascinating. This is true. This is crazy, awesome stuff. If it's not true, it's great entertainment. Right. It's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story. That it's like a movie. You know, it's it's like a book. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is a book? Goodbye. It is a book. It came book. out this year. <laughs> Series Colony Catalina. Well, I think he, it's interesting. He did talk about how uh, I think when he was in Peru or something like that, that they didn't do certain things because it would, like, you know, as a ten-year-old, as a young kid, his mind wasn't all there, and he was kind of like, you know, like mentally challenged in a way, I guess, because of the stuff they were doing. And I part of me wants to say that you know he has been this way his whole life, and he's still mentally challenged. Um, I just I think it's all fiction. 100% fiction, in my opinion. I don't think any of this is true. Go see what you I have a hard time believing it. I think it was a cool story, and I would leave it as a story up until something gets proven. Yeah. And like everything, even, even going back to the reincarnation, I don't, I don't, I don't know if these things really are true or not. I, I just find them fascinating, and that's why I do this podcast, because I wanted to try to research as much as I can. It kind of reminds me of like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan doesn't really always say something is true or not. He just wants the information to construct ideas or just have that information in, in his pocket just to. Yeah. Yeah. To I, would, I would want to. I would want to get a panel of all these guys in the same room here. The six guys. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, that right. Would be, I would. Be I would awesome. love to talk to this guy. And then hear their or like see him on a panel or something, and that, see him in person to make a better like as of right now just from that interview I listened to it just it doesn't seem like it's real to me mm. I'm not saying it isn't real it's just in my opinion it's not um and one of the issues I have with this guy it's the whole interview is I'm just a normal guy I'm not trying to make money off of this and again this was four years ago lock and change in four years they kept saying he wasn't trying to make money off of it he's just a normal guy he's got his wife his kids his dog whatever yeah um, but now if you want to you go to his website, I believe it's uh, TonyRodriguez.com um, or something like that, I can't remember the website, but if you go to his website, he is offering, if you feel like you've gone through the 20 years and back, uh, he's offering a $40 course that will help you jog your memory and get your memory of these 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. But if you want to book a private one-on-one session and talk to Tony directly, that's $100 for that session. But this is just a normal guy that's not trying to make a profit off of this. COVID, man. COVID, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, in the interview, he did talk about how he has now told his kids the whole story. Because uh, he, he just wants them to know. He, he, yeah, he did kind of mention that. But he also he wanted to go on a record, just if anything ever evolved in the future. They'd be, oh, well, Tony's been saying this the whole time. So he just kind of wanted to put it on record. So if in the future things do come to light of what happened, um, he can just be historically correct. Because he... He put it out there at some point. Well, it's on his book now, so if he says yeah, he doesn't know what's in the book, <laughs> we'll know he's fibbing. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, I like I can't say whether or not it's true. I don't know. I mean, I've never talked to the guy. I it just, I believe it's not. What do you think about the story? That's a fantastic story. Like, like you said, it, it would make for a great movie if done by the right people. Um, not an independent filmmaker. Like, I'm talking about, like, you know, Michael the MCU, Bay. Michael Bay, someone, like, someone with 
you know, Martin Scorsese, let's make it interesting. Um, <laughs> no, I'd have Steven, Seth Rogen make it funny. It would be <laughs> Steven Spielberg actually doing this one because he did E.T. But, like, if you have, like, a well-known, like, director, Chris Nolan even, um, not just some, like, independent filmmaker. Like, if it's done right, this is actually, will probably make a very interesting movie. But I don't think it's, I just, until I know more, it just seems too good to be true. I think it's possible. I think it's, it, it is possible. Don't say it's true, don't say it's not true. I think it's possible. Well, all right, should we wrap that up then? Mm-hmm. All right, those who don't play that. Peace out, butterflies. Aliens and Germans, man. This is the EVP Podcast.